Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to episode 28 of the Tim's Take Podcast. We're back. It feels like it's always so long when we do these two-week things, but it means there's a lot to catch up on. Who has there ever been? I'm glad you say that because I actually thought, and maybe this is just a symptom of the fullness of the last two weeks. I'm like, what's happened with respect to something we would talk about on this podcast? But I'm sure you're going to take us take us to those places. Today on this episode, an old classic format, lows, highs, and takes. So let's go ahead and get going. Rachel, you want to go first? Sure, I can go first. Yeah, lead us off. What's your low? Oh, my low. Wow, that was unexpected. Okay. Don't we usually start with lows? I guess so. We try to bring bring people up at the end of the episode. 28 episodes in, and we're still not sure on how we do the things we've done 27 times before. <laughs> oh, dear. Now I'm really thrown off. I was trying. I <laughs> had it all thought out. You're going to have to start. Oh, okay, sure. My low was, and I believe this happened in the past two weeks, and if it didn't, you won't know any different listener, but one morning, Oliver fell back. He's quite good at sitting now on his own. He has great side-to-side stabilization, but sometimes if he gets excited or sees something and kind of starts leaning back, he does not have the ability to pull himself forward very well, and so then will fall backwards and hit his head. So that happened one morning. And he he was on a pretty soft mat, but as a parent, this is in some sense a microcosm of the larger experience of parenting where it feels like everything could be life-threatening. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so he hits it, you know, pretty hard. He starts crying. Rachel comforts him. And then he starts spitting up uh, a few times, actually, in about the next 10 minutes. Which is more... It was probably like the next 30 minutes, but 30 it's minutes. more than he normally does. Yeah, a little bit more than normal. And suddenly my mind goes to thinking, does he have a concussion? What are you supposed to do about a baby concussion? Are we allowed to let him sleep? Are we supposed to keep him up? What is going on? Do we need to call the doctor? Yeah, he was fine. There was not. I mean, there was nothing else going on. Who knows why he sped up a little bit more. His tummy was maybe just a little upset that morning. But... Those moments where you're Googling because that's what parents do now and trying to work out, you know, what's going on. And that didn't feel good to see him hit his head like that, et cetera, et cetera. That was kind of a low. Yeah, that was a low. You and I are dangerously similar. And then I think often we go to worst case scenario moments, Mm -hmm. especially right off the bat when our emotions kind of flood us. I always, yeah. I still just always laugh at the time that you couldn't get a hold of your parents and you thought they had been murdered in their home by <laughs> a friend of your brother's that they were hosting. <laughs> and you just pictured the whole gruesome scene. You know, we weren't quite doing that in the situation, but it was maybe <laughs> it, close. It was not that extreme. And there's a lot more to that story, listeners. Okay. But not a lot. Okay. There's some more, not a lot more. Our minds are very creative. I did also think about the fact that if I went and one of them was in the process of dying, I I potentially couldn't help them because then my fingerprints would be on the scene and how devastating that would be. I need therapy. Implicated for murder. Oh, man. What a a mess that... What a mess that imaginary scenario was. You can choose to cut that out. I am going to cut out (laughs) what I just said. Wow. 
Maybe I'll just bleep it out. Now the listener's like, what did he say? <laughs> that would make for a mysterious podcast. Oh, my. Anyway. Well, Oliver is fine. He's He was totally fine. Very resilient. Kids bump their heads all the time. That's why I have to remind myself. Anyway, that was my low. What's your low? Or it was a low. How about that? It's not necessarily the lowest low that's happened in the last two weeks, but it was a low. My ALO for me would be that it is past time for Oliver to have his own room. Oh, yes, it is. Amen. Preach it. (laughs) But if you have listened to the previous episode, dear listener, you will know that we are in the process of moving still. It has been (laughs) two weeks still in the process of moving. We're almost there. Almost there this weekend. In fact, by the time people are listening to this, we will be moved into our new house. Which is thrilling. But it new, just new to us house. It just means stuff has been everywhere and maybe about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, probably right when we got the keys, it dawned on us. It is time for Oliver to have his own room. He um, was sorry. <laughs> I would like to issue an immediate correction. It dawned on you three weeks ago. I think it dawned on me a little bit before that. Yes, this is true. Rachel wanted Oliver next to her for a long time. Totally fair. I I mean, I don't begrudge you that. Thank you. Well, by the time... My sleep does, but I don't. (laughs) By the time I was ready, it was probably too late in our moving process because... To move Oliver into a new room and then two weeks later move him into a new house. And now things, there's boxes everywhere. It just didn't, really didn't make sense. Yeah. But he wakes up in the middle of the night because he hears us at one point this week. Matt had to go to the oh. bathroom in the middle oh of the night gosh, at 1.30 a.m. And then Oliver, of course, woke up because our doors are creaky and the bathroom is right there next to the crib. And so then we were all up for another hour, hearkening back to the newborn days. It was not something I wanted to revisit. In the morning, Rachel, you said to me, you could have used the other bathroom. I was like, oh my goodness, if that's what we are now resorting to. I did. the uh, Two nights ago, I had to go to the bathroom. I got up and went to the guest bathroom because I wasn't going to wake After him up. After being scarred by this low experience, yes. you're saying. <laughs> I would have anyway. You're lucky I didn't say it at 2 in the morning when I was very feisty, so. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, it is time. When we moved him out of the bassinet to the crib, it was literally like a one-night decision. We're like, oh, he needs to move. And we brought the crib in that morning, and that was that. And we would have done that three weeks ago had our lives not been in the state of chaotic moving that they are. So in two days, he will have his own room. We'll see how that goes. I'm sure we'll have stories to report. But I think we have sleep trained him well to be flexible, sleep well anywhere. I may eat those words. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, But I'm hopeful. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there is something sweet about all being together. We really enjoyed a lot of that, really. The vast majority of it we've enjoyed. Yes. And early on, it was frankly convenient. When he wasn't sleeping through the night, it's like, thank goodness I don't have to go into another room. So there will be, I think, a lot about that that we miss. And we know families who co-sleep or sleep in the same room for way, way longer. And there's something beautiful about that. I think the turning point for me, for our family, was that I feel like we're now a hindrance to him sleeping well. Yeah, that's fair. And that's not true for everyone. But for us, I think we've hit that point. It's just a little sensitive in the morning. 
and I'm getting up before he does and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good low. Shall we talk about some highs? Yes. Okay, I'll go first. My high is any time that you work out a way to make Oliver giggle. Oh, this was I was debating between two highs and this was one of them. So I'm glad you're going first. It shifts. He's he's not permanently entertained by any one thing, so you're kind of constantly trying to find new things that might make him laugh. But if you can find something that makes him laugh, it is like head to Vegas, you know, buy a lotto ticket. You feel on top of the world. You're on top of the world, and you struck it pretty lucky because he's not overly generous with his laughter. It's oh, pretty generous it's... with smiles, but not with laughter. So sweet. And so this week, I discovered that there's a particular combination of like letting my cheeks relax and then shaking my head back and forth. Like a horse neighing. Yeah, let me see if I can do it on mic. Ready? That's pretty good. Yeah. So imagine sort of my cheeks flapping back and forth and he really gets like, well, has gotten a kick out of that. It probably won't make him laugh tomorrow, but we got some good giggles and oh, baby laughs are just the best priceless. And it's interesting how similar they are. I saw a couple other babies laugh on Instagram this past week. Like people were just apparently posting who around the same age as Oliver. And I was like, gosh, it is the same. They just are bemused by the situation just this adorable chuckle it's really quite something that sounds yeah it is you just yeah did i already say i wanted to bottle it up no but i was going to it's true <laughs> i want to bottle it up so i can sell it and make lots and lots no. of money <laughs> not for nostalgia's purposes <laughs> that's a simple high but it's yeah there's definitely I think sometimes parenting helps you be present. Sometimes parenting helps you realize just how distracted you are and you continue to be distracted. So, But there are a few things that I think center you and pull you straight into the moment and make you forget everything else, like when your child is laughing. Yeah, I think that is very true. It was very meaningful for us this week. Yeah. All right, what was your high? So my high besides the giggles was experiencing some significant historical moments this week or just being with Oliver for these things that matter and Mm. having him as a way to reflect on the significance of them because you're having to think, obviously he's only six months old, so he's not capable of grasping some of these big concepts but just even thinking about the way you would explain this to him and I think forming him even at this age is super important so Monday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day and then Wednesday was the inauguration in which Joe Biden and Kamala Harris became president and vice president and to like watch a woman become an elected vice president and to like have him be here for that was really significant just thinking like, okay, this is the first time, but I am truly hopeful that it's not the last time and that Mm -hmm. at some point a woman will be president and he like thinking about what his future holds. Yeah. I love that. That's such a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. The first, the first vice president inaugurated is a black woman. Yeah. That's really an amazing, amazing thing. It's such a cool thing to have him experience even though he won't remember, but for me to experience for him and 
just be optimistic about where we go from here. This is something I appreciate about you, Rachel. You, each morning, you well, first of all, you treat him like he's the president of the United States. You re, you tell him what his daily schedule is. I did get this from <laughs> Madam Secretary. Oh, was it from Madam Secretary? I couldn't remember whether it was Madam Secretary of the West Wing. So you give him his daily schedule so he knows what's coming up. But it has been kind of fun. You know, I've er- overheard you explaining some of these things what's going on today's the inauguration here's what that means to him I mean, he's completely oblivious but there's yeah i i think that's something sweet about yeah leaning into that parenting explaining role that we'll have more and more as he gets older yeah it doesn't make it easy woof trying to explain martin luther king jr and all of the brokenness that was directed at him and yeah. black people in this country and people of color in this country. That's not an easy thing to swallow and to have to think about how to explain that to a kid one day. But I also think it's necessary and important to dig in. Yeah. True. Great. Hi. Let's do some takes. Let's do some takes. Okay. Here's my take. And this is, this is a very fresh take. I was just at our new house and needed to get a pair of socks from the laundry bin for Oliver. The laundry bin had clean all of her clothes in them. And so I went in and I started pulling out socks. I pulled out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. On the 10th sock, I found one. That matched one of those first nine. Those socks are tiny. (gasps) First of all, the socks are tiny, but they are just impossible. It's impossible to find a matching pair. I've had this problem before. And the smart thing to do here, and the thing perhaps I'm advocating to myself by talking about this on the podcast, is to put all of the baby socks into one of our laundry bags so then they just don't get separated. Because part of what the problem is when you're fishing through all the other clothes to find the socks. They get tangled up in sleeves and yeah, zippers. it's a whole mess. But I just wanted to, you know, make maybe a public announcement that baby socks are notoriously hard to find in a pile of laundry. You'll have to try it with a bag and come back and report. Oh, that's a good idea. Give a little update, little update segment. Yeah, I'll try that. I am very confident that would solve this whole problem. All right, that's my take. Very simple. It's maybe me just venting about the difficulty of finding baby socks, but what's your take? My take is going to be wrapped up in processing jobs and a kid. I don't know if we can talk about this yet, but we're going to. Why can't we? I think we can. It's just very fresh. Yeah, it is fresh. Yeah, this week was long and hard for many reasons, but one of them being that I've been able to be part-time at my job that I've had for a number of years for the past couple months since Oliver has been born, which has been amazing and a gift and really what I was kind of looking for knowing that I wasn't sure what motherhood was going to feel like for me. Mm -hmm. And so to have that flexibility was really helpful. In my ideal world, that would have continued for longer than now but the powers that be at my job had declared that I needed to make some decisions for long term and so it was a week of both feeling like I had an instant 
answer to that question of what to do. Do I go back full time or do I stay at home and try to figure out something else, another job that doesn't require me to be gone all week? And the easy answer for me in this particular season of my life was, yes, I want to be at home and try to find something that I can do for work as well. But to have some of that flexibility and balance built in. But then it's never that easy. There's always ramifications. You're always giving up some kind of concession. And it was just a hard week of figuring out what concessions you're willing to give up and coming to terms with those concessions that you're going to have to make, you know, it's nice to make money. (laughs) (laughs) And in a world in which I don't have a kid, of course I go back full time. Well, you would have, you wouldn't have anything to go back from. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And to be clear for the listener who is following along, you were making a decision between, they basically said, we need you to come back full time. If you're not willing to come back full time, we need to replace you. Yes. Correct. Thank you. You would love to continue working part time. It's just very clear that part-time is not going to be an ongoing option at your current work. So that was the decision you were making. Yeah. Thank you. Um, That's all good. I mean, you've processed this in so many ways, backwards and forwards this week that I know uh kind of putting the words to it can be at this point on a Friday night as we record. Yeah. It's super tricky to make these decisions and try to figure out no one right way I think is better for your family necessarily like because I could make the case for being full-time is better for my family because I'm making money and we're you know all these things it's just not a clear path toward an answer there's no win-win it just doesn't I think rarely exist maybe some people find it but I think you're always giving up some things and what's helpful at least for me has been the reminder that like life comes in seasons and this is the decision for right now and I feel very at peace with that that I need to be at home with Oliver at least part-time in this season and Mm -hmm. recognizing that that doesn't mean forever and of course there are ramifications of leaving the workforce full-time and trying to maybe get back into that down the road I'm not naive to that but I also think the world is a lot more flexible than it used to be in terms of these things So I'm both hopeful. I mean, there were many frustrations of this week, too. Like, I think there is a huge lack of childcare support in this country and healthcare. All of that's being thrown into question when you start changing these things. Yeah. And I mean, we're super privileged with both the job you have and the money we have and the place that we've started and the help that we have with family around to help take care of Oliver for some of the time. I just... Yeah, I think it's not. There's a lot of brokenness in the systems that don't support moms being able to walk this delicate balance of being there for their kid and working, whether they want to work or don't want to work or have to work. I don't. Yeah, I just feel a lack of resources. Totally. I mean, we were we were a pretty small step away like my job being slightly less generous from us saying you might have to go back to that full-time job until you find something else. Yeah. We weren't inconceivably far from that. 
one thing I've appreciated about this whole experience and the many conversations we've had in the past week and a half is, you know, you kind of might articulate like, oh, these are things that we value as a couple, as a family. These are the things we want to place priority on. And it, but it's always very easy to list those out when you have all of them, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? But having to actually act on that. But when you're like, okay, I like this, but this thing is a, more important to me. And now I actually have to make choices based on that. I think what has been encouraging to me is what I would have said is kind of our values and priorities. feels like it is lined up with the decisions we've made. And I think part of the gift of that is I was just so impressed you go into this conversation where you're essentially saying, listen, keep me on until you hire someone new, but I'm not willing to come back full time. And you say, I feel peace about that decision. And that's an amazing thing. What a gift that we were both able to have conversation and have some clarity around what we value that you're able to go into that conversation with peace and, you know, not discounting the role of the Holy spirit holding our hands through it all as well. Yeah, definitely not. And I mean, honestly, like it's not, it's not simple. In the beginning of this week, I was like, of course, you know, we're moving into a new house. There's a lot of projects that we have to do. And my first thought is, Oh, I can give up the new tile that we're going to put in the bathroom and this and this and this and the sectional. Of course, I would give up all of that to be home with Oliver, you know? And then the next day I'm in the house and I'm like, oh, man, that tile really needs to be changed out. And you're tempted by all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just hard. Yeah, like we, yeah, we're in a place where you have to make some of these choices. And I feel good about it. Again, for this season, I think this is what we need to do, mm-hmm. but it's hard. It's really, really hard, and it's a lot harder for more people than we have it. So Yeah, totally. That is 100% true. Anyway, that was a little jumbly, but that's kind of how my mind has been around this subject this past week, so I apologize. Very, very true to the conversations my we've had. My lack of so articulation. It's... Yeah, no, I appreciate you raising it and having it be a point of discussion here. So that's good. Well, we're about to be residents of a new city just down the road, but still a new city next time we are on here. Are we going to tell them what city it is or do we keep our location secret? Secret. (laughs) Okay, no one can know. (laughs) Most of you are listening know where we live anyway. But for strangers, I guess you have no idea. Somewhere in Northern California. I think we're done for tonight. Let's go watch some TV that we downloaded earlier because our Wi-Fi is gone and in the new house. (laughs) And call tonight. All right. Till two weeks from now, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Tim's Take. Take.